0: That's nothing but a prayer, isn't it? Thank you. You may be seated this morning. That's a great prayer. You know, one of the things that um, we talk about and don't talk about too much is the simple fact that um, sometimes it seems like we're all alone, that we have no friends whatsoever, um, especially in the ranks of what we call Christendom. seems like that the Christians today um, are, are just typical of, of people in, the, in this world that cannot find friends. We were sitting at the Nancy's yesterday, and this couple walked in with their teenage son. And you know what they sat there and talked about? Him not having any friends. I was privy to the conversation, and I wanted to butt in a couple of times, but I thought, no, I better not. I didn't know if they had a gun or not, you know. But he said, he said, "I choose my own friends." And then, her mom, his his mom said to him, he says, "Well, honey, you don't have any friends." He says, "Because I don't like any of them." But oh my, oh my! It was 19, 1986. It was the first church that I was going to serve as a senior pastor and um, working in the church and going to seminary and it was the first Sunday that I was at this church, New Hope United Methodist Church in Sydney, Ohio, and Phyllis and I and our twins were there and, and this group of people come up and said hi to me after the service was all over and this woman walked up to me and she just looked at me and didn't even say hi or anything. She just looked at me and she said, I just want you to know you're not going to be my friend. I said, okay. And she had a kid the same age as our twins. And her husband, Don, just looked at me and shook, her head, shook his head. you know. And, and four years later when we left, she came up and she was crying her eyes out and she was sobbing. And she said, see, I told you I shouldn't have been your friend. Because I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen, she said, and I just can't stand it when I have to say goodbye knowing that I'm not going to see these folks anymore. Well, we did get to see her a couple times after we left, but she was right. It's hard to be, be a friend because you guys, unlike you guys who have these such great heritage of friends here, most people don't have that. But what I am assured of, because I'm going to talk about friends today and Paul's picture of being a friend and having friends, I have come to sense that the characteristics of friend, friendship are, are just threefold. They, um, um, a, a true friend, I guess, is what I'm talking about, a person that cares for you immensely, is one that um, helps you get along. In times you cannot um, um, sense any grace in your life, any place to go, that friend is always there. Um, not only that, but they hang in there with you. When other people leave you, that friend that you have, hopefully there's several, but that friend that you have and that friend that you are, you're with. We have people that hang with us, no matter what's going on. And then that third characteristic, I think, is a true friend. A true friend always is ready to, um, to tell you when you've messed up and do it in love and grace and mercy. Those are the kind of friends that we need and want and, um, and expect to have, especially because we proclaim Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I say that because the first 23 years of my life, I didn't have any friends. I know that. I didn't even have acquaintances. But in these past 51 years, friends, since I've come to know Jesus Christ, I want you to know there's some spiritual truth that I found out because of my own life and because of seeing it happen in people's lives. I think I think people want a friend like this because they want to be accepted by somebody. You know, we want to be accepted by somebody, don't we? And most of the time, especially these kids in high school and even in, in the... Uh, the primary age grades today, it's clear back there, they need somebody that accepts them for who they are and not what they're supposed to be. I found out that, uh, I think this is a a great spiritual truth, that people desire to be acknowledged for who they are. And they need a friend to do that. And I think more than anything else, uh, a spiritual truth is that people want to be appreciated Don't don't you want to be appreciated for who you are in this world? Um, And along with that, I think people desire really to be affirmed in who they are and who God has put them where they're at and and what's going on in their life. And then lastly, I think um, a true friend helps a person who's wanting to be um, assured of what they're doing assured of what they're doing. I have three friends right now that are in the process three friends that are in the process of going through this disaffiliating with their church. Two of them are voting today and so I, I sent them a message yesterday and said I'm praying for you and your church and I pray that God would assure you in your heart that you're, what you're doing is the right thing. Being faithful to God sometimes is contrary to the world, isn't it? Amen. Are you guys all with me today or is it just me? <laughs> I want to say, share with you that uh, the, cost, uh, the cost of friendship is a fine art. For us to have a friend is a fine art and to be a friend, cost. And today I want to look at that through the Apostle uh, of Paul um, I remember Gordon MacDonald wrote in his book uh, Restoring Your uh, Spiritual Passion which is a tremendous book if you haven't read it he talks about Paul and how he was committed to his friends and had special friends and he said Paul had an address book that went like this Aquila and Priscilla people I've ate with, worked with, and loved wow Onesiphorus Um, who Paul said, I would like to have him around because he's encouraging all the time. Um, Philemon. Paul said of him, this is my spiritual child, one that I get joy from and much love. And he had others like Luke and Barnabas. You know Barnabas, I could see him saying, Barnabas, my friend that travels with me wherever I go. Wow. Uh, McDonald shares in the book that Paul had um, uh, friends of all ages and backgrounds. And he didn't leave them alone, but he cultivated those, in, uh, those um, uh, friendships. We see that in our, our reading today in Timothy. Um, Paul wrote two books to Timothy, another one of his spiritual children. <clears throat> the second letter he wrote to Timothy was just before he was executed by uh, Nero. And I think it contains... Some words of a man who's pouring out his heart to his friend, writing to him and saying some things he needed to hear. I think we can learn something in our own life today as we read these words um, from Second Timothy um, chapter one, verse three through eight. It goes like this I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors. That's what we're talking about there in the prayer for the offering. The foundation with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I'm sure it dwells in you as well. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel of the power of God. Now, my friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Mm. Mm. Can you imagine that little guy's going to be running through here pretty soon? And we'll be. Declan, you have fun, brother. Let me give you um, just four quick things that I think this text has to say to us about this fine art of um, friendship. Um, not only being a friend, but being a friend. Four things, let's look at them. First one is, if you have um, people that uh, count you as their friend and you're a friend of someone, we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for them. I mean, I, I know that's obvious. But the, the question comes is, how often do we pray for our friends? You know, how long, how, how, how many, how long has it been since we said, Oh, Lord, by the way, by the way um, keep so-and-so lifted up. I said to my friend Carl one time, I said, hey, I've been praying for you. And he says, why am I in trouble? <laughs> and I said, no, can't I pray for you when everything's good? And he said, yeah, keep praying for me. I'm, I'm doing good. Well, many of us um, think that we only need to pray for our friends when we know that they're having struggles. But Paul says, uh, night and day, constantly, constantly, I remind of you in my prayers. I remember you in my prayers. That's that word, uh, um, constantly. It's like when, well, just a moment ago when I saw Donham. I mean, you know, I've been praying for her and lifting her up and, and asking her to God to be in her life um, for everything going on, her and David. You know? I'm glad to see everybody here. And let you, I want you to know I've been praying for you. <laughs> for your marriage, for your work, for your health, for your finances, for your happiness, for whatever God puts on my heart, for your growth in his, his um, grace, you know, and and everything, and and I've been praying that you would uh, come and join the choir and and help us um, get a choir together and sing. Did you hear that? I've been praying for you to come. You want to build a strong relationship. The first thing you need to do is people that you're wanting to hang out with, they need to know that you're praying for them, and they need to tell you that they're praying for you. Amen? Simple thing, but it's obvious, isn't it? Secondly, I think we need to know their hurts. Paul says, I'm, I'm recalling your tears, and I long to see you. I don't know what it was that was bothering Timothy and everything that would draw him to tears, but uh, he was a young pastor in the town of Ephesus, and I'm sure there was lots of anxieties there. And Paul knew of those things that was going on in his lives. As we think about that, how many people know what's going on in our lives? I mean, don't we all have concerns? Is there anybody in here who doesn't have a concern today? If you don't have a concern, please stop and see me. OK I have some for you. Some of us have problems challenges that we're dealing with, family members that are not well, um, jobs that are in danger, this whole issue with the church, this whole issue of going over back over in the sanctuary. It's all all good and all bad at the same time. And it's no good to carry these things by ourselves. We can't do it. We shouldn't do it. I tell you, it hurts in these years of being a Christian, um, it hurts my heart the most when somebody's been hurting and then they failed to, to um, let me know. One person uh, that was I was in a larger church, and, and um, they called me and they wanted to move their uh, membership. And I said, okay, is there a problem? She said, yeah, I've been sick for two weeks and nobody called. I said, really? You've been sick for two weeks? Honey, did you call anybody? No, that's about the point. The point is I've been sick for two weeks, nobody called. I said, did you let anybody know? No, did your family know? No, they didn't know. I said, okay, I'll come over and we'll bring the paperwork over. You see, that that hurts your heart, doesn't it? Because we're supposed to be better than that with each other to tell each other um, your concerns. Every time somebody walks in, they look at me and they say, no, I know you've never heard this before, but. And I always look at them and try to say, okay, honey, go ahead and tell me, brother, what's going on, and. And I've heard it before. Because I care. We care for each other, don't we? Um, we need someone that says to us, I understand what you're going through. I can't fathom what you're going through, but I, I hope I can understand it and I care about what you're doing. One of the thoughts that came to my mind was, many years ago I read about um, Senator... Um, um, Somebody know his name? <laughs> Rayburn. Senator Rayburn was the Speaker of the House back in the 50s and 60s. And there's a story about him <coughs> being very affluent person in that time. And um, he got a call uh, in the middle of the night from one of his real dear friends that their daughter um, died in their sleep. A 16-year-old girl um, just died in their sleep. And so... It was early in the morning, and, and he got up and, and got dressed and went over to his friend's house and knocked on the door. And, and, of course, his friend was surprised to see him, and he said, what are you doing here? He says, well, he said, I've come to see if there's anything I can do to help. And the guy said, no, I think we've got it all come, taken care of. And Senator Rayburn looked at him, and the House Speaker looked at him and said, uh, did you have coffee today? He said, no, we haven't taken time. So he just walked past him, went into the kitchen, made coffee. Made coffee for everybody that was there. And his friend and his wife came into the kitchen and said, uh, uh, Speaker, uh, aren't you supposed to be at breakfast with the president? And uh, Sam Rayburn, uh, is that his name, Rayburn? He called him and said, uh, he looked at him and said, No, I called the president and told him I had a, a more pressing problem than to have breakfast with him. Amen? You know, one of the things that really, really... Um, challenges us, is to think that there's nobody who has time to do stuff like that. And people will say to me, I know you're busy. I know you're busy, and I know, you know, we're all busy, aren't we? But if we're too busy, if we're, I'm going to say it to you all, if we're too busy to be that friend when somebody's hurting, then we're too busy in the wrong stuff. Amen? Amen? You guys aren't with me, are you? If we're too busy, grab a hold of it. If we're too busy to be with somebody that's hurting, then we're too busy in the wrong places. Amen? Amen. That's it. I thought you was with me. We need to challenge ourselves to be that friend, that friend like that that knows people's hurts that are around and then desire to have that same friendship given to us. Let me give you the third thing here this morning. We need to spend time with them. And today we're so good at that because we don't have to physically be there. We can see, I I can call my friend Carl up anytime I want to and we FaceTime each other. And uh, and he's always surprised, I'm always surprised. Um, Talked to his wife, Sherry, the other day at great length. And and, and um, the whole thing of this, this being with each other is to hear, you hear Paul say, I long to see you. I've missed seeing you physically. I long to see you. That's why it's so important to come here on Sunday morning so we can see each other and have that fellowship time and have that joy of being together. Nothing in this world does anything for building our relationships any more than being physically with each other. Hmm. Early in my ministry... Dr. Buswell, professor at uh, Malone College, was my mentor, and he said um, he said one little thing to me that stays on my mind and has been with me all these years. He said, "Don't do this ministry by yourself. Take someone with you." Now, of course, I've taken Phyllis and our our children with us. Still to this day, they're with us. Um, but he also said. Don't do, don't, don't do this stuff by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. Grab a hold of somebody and take them with you. So I surprised, we surprised Paul Thursday. Then <laughs> not we call in? Uh, surprised him just a little bit. I called up Jerry and I said, how are you feeling today? And he said, okay. I said, good. You're going with me. Let's go visit Paul. Yeah. And Jerry and I talked great length about how special that was that we just got to go see him. It's, it's, it's something that we should do more instead of watching the game. Did anybody watch the game yesterday by themselves? I hope you didn't. I hope you were with somebody. <laughs> if, you didn't, if you didn't, if you want to watch the Browns today, you know, go up to the dog pound. And you have lots of friends up there. Don't watch the game by yourself. I guess is what I'm saying today: invite a friend over to watch it with you. Invite a friend to have lunch or dinner with you once in a while. Paul said, "I long to see you." It's so important to be in touch with each other because our relationship is is um, as Christians is just not vertical, you know. It's horizontal too. It's not vertic- just vertical with Christ. Christ doesn't want us to be focused just just vertically, but also horizontally with all the folks that we want to be a reflection of his love with we need to be a friend friends and we need to have friends in our lives that we want to spend time with you guys are blessed being around here for all these years together you're blessed let me give you the last one the last one is in um, in verses six, seven, and eight, and literally we could spend a month of Sundays on those three verses. But just let me let me share this with you. I think the fourth thing that a real true friend does is be an encourager. Paul says, for this reason, Timothy, whatever you're going through, whatever's going on, I want you to know that you need to keep that flame burning, burning for Christ. I've talked with Stacy about this, that um, she needs to keep that flame burning where God has called her into ministry. And one day that will come about because she's not afraid or ashamed (coughs) of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the great objectives Paul has in writing this letter is to do nothing more than inspire Timothy for the ministry that he's doing. And that's what we need in in this world. Um, It's a lot of putting down and and anger and and all this stuff going on with the church we should keep focused in our hearts there's a lot of stuff happening that people are not encourages at all but are trying to um, do their best to discourage people And we need people that that um, encourage and support and help us through this time I think it was Henry Ford that said um, to a friend of his, he said, uh, do you have any good friends? And the guy started popping off names and Henry looked at him and he said, no. He said, I want to know, do you have any good friends that bring out the best in you? Isn't that what we want to have, friends that do that? Friends that bring out the best in us. I remember when my daughter was playing tennis and... Um, <laughs> Every time she would uh, lose a game especially, but every time she would lose, uh, go from one game to the next game, they would have that little pause. You know, it wasn't a game, it was a set, wasn't it? They'd have those little pause, and her coach would go over and encourage her. And sometimes I would encourage her from the stands. And one time, one time we were in the car, sitting in the car, and this girl from uh, um, uh, a school, Walsh College, uh, was a redheaded girl, and she could uh, always beat her but had a hard time doing it. It wasn't an easy match and, and and we were in the car and she was upset it was a rain delay. We were in the car and she was upset and she was crying and, and I said, Well honey, the object of the game is just to hit the ball one more time than she does. Good advice, wasn't it? She said, Dad, I'm trying to do that. Will you give me something that helps? <laughs> oh, I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's like that football coach, I can't remember his name. But he said he was, it was a terrible time. He was a coach for um, UCLA. I can see him and everything. But he said, he said one time, he said to my wife, he said, I'm, I'm struggling so much. I, I don't have any friends. The only friend I have is my dog, and I need one more friend. And she looked at him and said, so go buy another dog. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but we, wanna, we don't want to tell our friends to go buy a dog, do we? We want to be that dog. We want to be that friend. We want to be that person that snugs up to you and, and says, "I understand what's going on. Let me let me help you the best way I can," and that's by being that encourager. Those are the things that Paul wrote about the the um, fine art of friendship. Um, I think it was Robert Louis Stevenson that said, "A friend, a friend." Is a present that you give to yourself. And then he said, A friend is something you give to somebody else. My goodness. I think that's what we're all about, my friends. In this day that we're in, where there's so much anxiety, so much heartache you know, with physical, spiritual, mental things, we need to surround ourselves with dear friends. I hope you have friends in your life that um, are praying for you. I do. I have lots. I hope you have friends that you want to spend time with, even when you don't have the time. I hope you have friends in your life that know you well enough to know what's going on in your life and what they need to pray for you. And I hope we have that group of people in our lives that encourages us along our journey. And of course, we know, don't we? We know that if we are in Christ, we have the greatest friend of all. He says, I will not leave you. I will be with you through it all. Praise God for that, huh? Let's pray together. You know, just go ahead and stay in prayer. I was just thinking. People come into churches all the time and... and um, Expect certain things to be going on. You know what? You know what I'd like to have people when they walked in here? If they've never walked in here like, like Elijah and his family, John and, and uh, Rebecca and Amanda. When they walk in, I hope they're not impressed with the beauty of the building. You hear that? I hope they're not impressed um, with anything physical here. But I hope they're impressed with the way that God has challenged us to love one another. I hope they're impressed by, (laughs) uh, um, you know, just the out-and-out bigness of our love. The spirit, I guess, the warmth of that spirit. Spirit. Lord, I would pray that when people come into this sanctuary, this one or the one next door, or or hear about us or watch us on 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 the um, FaceTime, uh, not FaceTime, Facebook, um, that they would see us. They would see us as a family of true friends because of who you are in our lives. Because we have that best friend. You, Jesus. You. And that, what's, that is what pushes our relationships. It's our relationship with you. It's a fine art, Lord, and we need to cultivate it. Help us to do that every day of our lives. Help us in our heart to want more of you in our lives every day and help us to seek to be that friend that we want as a friend. One that loves you and cares for you and reaches out and it's nothing more than a reflection of your love. Gosh, Lord, help us to, help us to hone that, that gift, that art of being your friend my friend, to this community and the people you have around us. Thank you, Father, so much today. We pray all these things in your son's name and for his glory. And um, all of God's children said, Amen. amen. Praise God.